You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hey everyone, welcome to Therapy for Your Money. If you're new around here, I am Julie Harris, and today we're doing a little bit of a different episode. Uh, So typically, you may have noticed the podcast focuses a lot on group practice, because in my accounting firm, we work with mostly group practices. So today is a little bit different in the sense that we're talking about the financial ABCs or building blocks of starting a private practice. So just as a disclaimer, it's always a good idea to talk to an accountant or an attorney if you feel like you have some special circumstances or if you want advice that's tailored to you as far as starting your practice. But I'm just going to give you some general advice here um, on what, what I've seen. So right now, there are a lot of people starting private practices because it's kind of easier than ever with telehealth. Sometimes the motivation is financial, and what what my team hears often is, well, I'm starting my private practice because I want to make my full fee. So I just want to start off by saying no one actually gets to keep their full fee. What I mean by that is in a group practice, you're able to go in, you see your clients, and you go home with minimal admin work, right? The scheduling, the billing, the decorating, the furniture, all of that is done for you. You don't have to get your own clients. You come in and you do the work. When you go into private practice, it might feel like you're keeping your full fee, because, but you are still exchanging time instead of exchanging dollars. So you're spending some time tinkering on your website. You're the one answering the phone. You're the one scheduling or rescheduling clients. You're the one doing your own billing. So while you may be getting more uh, dollars in your pocket from each session that you've done, you're exchanging time for that money, right? So if you'd like to see 20 clients per week working in a group practice versus 20 hours, 20 clinical hours per week in your own private practice, I guarantee you there's a 100% chance that in your private practice you are working way more hours than before, right? So so I guess that's one of my pet peeves when someone says, I wanna keep my full fee because you are keeping that full fee, but there is a price to pay for that, right? So I want to make sure that we're going in having all that all that knowledge. All right, so when you're starting out, the A of our ABC building blocks is take action. So if you want to go into private practice, just do it, just start. You don't need to spend a lot of money on equipment, on space, um, thinking that it's going to make you feel ready because I've got a secret for you, it won't you're probably still going to feel an imposter on day one, whether you have a an inexpensive Wix website or whether you've had someone build out your website for $10,000, you're still probably going to feel like, ah, oh, this doesn't feel quite right on day one. So I'd love for you to make a plan and then just get moving on it. Some kind of action is better than no action. And I want you to get to the point where you're opening your doors for business as soon as possible. One of the reasons for that is that you are allowed to deduct up to $5,000 in startup expenses in the year that you start the business. Everything else has to be capitalized. So if you're sitting and waiting and planning and accumulating all of these expenses, there's a point where you have to capitalize that. And what that means is that you have to depreciate it, amortize it over a certain number of years. 
Technically, it's called amortization. I call it depreciation because that's a little bit more recognizable of a term. But so what that means is that if there's a larger amount, you can only take a certain percentage of that expense each year. And I am here to tell you that it's 100% possible to start a private practice with less than $5,000. So as we approach the end of the year, I also want to point out that I said you can deduct up to $5,000 in startup expenses in the year that you start the business. So if we're getting towards the end of the year and you're getting ready to start January 1, guess what? You can't deduct those expenses until you're actually open for business on January 1. So there is something to be said for having the startup expenses in the same year so you can get that deduction sooner because ultimately you're out of that uh, you're out of that money. What I mean by that is let, let me give you an example of a restaurant. So if you're opening a restaurant, that's going to be typically a much more labor intensive project. It's going to take several months usually. You're going to find the space, you're going to lease the space, there's typically going to be a build out, you're going to get all the tables and chairs and kitchen equipment, then you're going to hire the chefs and the um the servers and the bussers and the managers. And so all everything that happens up until the point where you open the doors and you're able to accept diners in the restaurant, all of that is your startup expenses. So hopefully that that restaurant example makes a little bit more, more sense. All right, the B of our ABCs of starting a private practice, invest your time and your money and adjust course regularly. So when you're just getting started, you are going to make an investment of either time money or both into your business. So either you're going to spend a lot of time bootstrapping it, right? Again, working on your website, finding just the perfect decorations for your space, right? You're spending a lot of time. That time that you spend is not deductible. That's just an investment that you're making into the business in order to get a return later. But you're also going to be contributing in most cases, some cash up front. That might be $1,000, it might be $5,000, it might be $10,000. You're usually giving yourself a budget of, this is how much money I'm going to spend to get this business started. So that's that is not taxable to the business, right? So you're contributing that money to the business, that becomes your equity, and later you can take it out tax-free uh, when there's cash flow available in the business to do that. So there's going to be a little bit of both, And then as soon as you get your first client, then there's going to be income coming into the business. So you're going to use that money to make additional purchases, right? And sometimes you may be in the, uh, what we call in the red. So have a negative profit margin for just a few short weeks, but it typically doesn't take very long to get, uh, to get to a point where you're at least breaking even or have some kind of profit. All right. I said also adjust course regularly. So what I mean by that is that If we look at time and money, right, you have both and you're going to be contributing both to your business. Um, When you're just starting out, you're probably not going to want to spend a lot of money. So you're going to be spending a lot of time on certain items. This might be on your bookkeeping, on answering each and every phone call or email inquiry or tinkering with your website. There comes a point where you, quote unquote, doing all the things, is just going to get exhausting because your business has grown and it's overwhelming. Uh, But instead of just trying to make it work, I would love for you to take a step back and truly ask yourself, is this the best thing for the business for me to be doing this task, right? Fill in the blank as far as the task. Because I often find that practice owners that have grown their business from zero to completely full can have a, a hard time making that transition and taking that step back. But the reality is that giving or outsourcing to someone else a task that you don't enjoy and that you're maybe not great at 
Um, and for me, that's definitely the website stuff. So giving that to someone else means that you are going to have more time to see paying clients, and then you're able to focus on your area of genius and hire to hire other people to work on their area of genius. So that's one of the mistakes that I see often in that growth phase is just thinking like, I have to hold on to all this money. I can't possibly hire someone yet. And one of my mentors once told me, if you're asking if you should hire someone, it's already too late, right? If you're getting to the point where you're asking yourself, you probably should have had it, had the ad out already. All right, the C of our ABCs, know your numbers. Obviously, I've mentioned this several times. If you've listened to other episodes, you've heard me say this before. Um, there's usually at least five buckets, maybe more, that you will be spending your money on. So so these are buckets. Um, I, I am a very big fan of the Profit First methodology, so they can be bank accounts, but there's a, a five main ways that you're going to be spending your money once it's coming into the business, right? Once you have income. So you're going to be spending it on operating expenses like software, phone, rent, website. You're going to be paying yourself. You have to be taking some money home and you uh, deserve to take some money home, right? And pay yourself for the work that you do in the business. There's going to be some funds reserved for growth or investments. Um, And so that might be some marketing, some Google ads, developing a course, or even hiring. There's also going to be taxes. So in this case, you want to know what your entity is, what's expected of you, and how you're going to be taxed. Um, I do have a pretty recent episode on quarterly estimated tax payments. So you may want to check that out if you're wondering how the heck that all works. Um, But you want to know what is going to happen because you don't want to get to the end of the year, have a big tax bill and not be 100% sure how you're going to pay it. That's never a great situation. And then one of the last buckets of how you're going to spend your money is your emergency fund. On day one, you're probably not going to have that. But as you grow the business, I really love to see about two to four months worth of expenses in in an emergency fund in the business. So that includes all of your expenses, your rent, and paying yourself as well. So I want you to have enough money so that you can survive, the business can survive if something happens. Right now, if you don't know your numbers, it's going to be difficult to know how much you can spend on each bucket. Um, And again, the buckets are operating expenses, paying yourself, growth and investments, taxes, and emergency fund. Um, So if you plan to grow your business at all, I would highly recommend starting with an accounting software from day one. QuickBooks, Zero. QuickBooks is my my favorite, but there are a lot of other options out there like Zero, FreshBooks, Wave. Um, I really would start with an accounting software from day one because making the the jump from a spreadsheet to a to a software years uh, down the line it can be complicated, but really it doesn't give you the benefit of having some comparisons. So when you have a software, you're able to go in and run a profit and loss or a balance sheet and see what's going on in the business. Whereas if you're using a spreadsheet, you really don't have that that big picture item. So when you're visiting your accountant and you ask them, hey, how am I doing this year? They might not know, right? Or might might be a lot harder for them to, to figure out. All right. I also want to make sure that you're treating your business like the separate legal entity that it is. Uh, that means a separate bank account, separate debit or credit card, separate records. Your business is not your piggy bank. So it's really best to be paying yourself regularly. Um, Exactly how you pay yourself will be different depending on the legal entity. So do do check with your accountant or check what the requirements are for the legal entity that you have. 
But in most businesses that are just getting started, paying yourself is going to look something like you take cash from the business bank account, transfer that over to your personal bank account, and then you pay your personal expenses from your personal bank account. That's one of the reasons that having both your business banking and your personal banking at the same bank can be uh, really nice because it typically is then very fast of a transition, of a transfer over. Um, If there are different banks, there might be a couple of day delay in between that. All right, last but not least, I'm a firm believer in growing your business at the speed of cash. Um, And that means that you're using yesterday's money to fund tomorrow's growth after you put in that initial investment. So if you're taking out loans, you're essentially borrowing next year's income and profit before you've even had a chance to earn it. And loans can sometimes be crippling to a small business. So unlike other industries, a private practice really doesn't have to be expensive at the beginning. So I do recommend that you make that small personal investment into your business up front and then move at the speed of cash after that. If you were in a different industry, like the restaurant example I used earlier, or even if you were um, a dentist, that might not be possible because if you were a dentist, you would have to go buy an x-ray machine, those special chairs that go up and down. Uh, But in therapy, you really don't have to do that. We have several clients that even though they have large group practices now, they buy a lot of decor items on Facebook Marketplace because you can get really good deals of almost new or like new items for a really good price. And so when they're expanding into an, a, a five suite space, they can get some really good deals and get that whole space decorated and looking really good for not very much money. All right, I hope this episode has been helpful. If you want to check out a link to the episode about quarterly estimated tax payments or the episode that talks about profit first, just go over to the show notes and we'll link to that there. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.